Good morning, everybody. We hope you're having a great day. Uh, welcome to Autism Atlas. And today um, we are so excited to be here with the Deming community. Um, and we're gonna be talking about stress, mental health and coping, um, embracing community and finding understanding. So we have some really great panelists today that we'd like to um, have introduce themselves. Um, we have Dana, Lisa, Ann, and Robert. Um, Robert may be joining us a little bit later here. So we'll go ahead and have Dana, Lisa, and Ann introduce themselves. Um, let's start with Dana. Hi, my name is Dana Dimas Curtis. I'm one of the social workers with the Autism Spectrum Evaluation Clinic. Thank you. Um, Dr. Branscombe? Good morning. My name is Ann Branscombe. I'm a psychologist and a postdoctoral psychology fellow, um, also with the Autism Spectrum Evaluation Clinic. Thank you so much. And Lisa. Hi, everyone. I'm Lisa Kahlberg. I'm a licensed clinical counselor by training, uh, but most of my roles at the CDD have to do with training um, and uh, community advocacy. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. We're really excited to have you. Um, so let's get started with, with some of the questions um, that were um, uh, formulated by the community. Um, we'll just jump right in here. So our first question is, um, we feel like we're starting over. Um, before the pandemic, we felt like we had a handle on therapies but since the pandemic started, we're seeing more mental health challenges with our child um, or our children. This is new to us. How do we find a balance between autism needs and mental health needs? Sometimes we can't do all of them. And how do we prioritize? Who would like to take a, a start with this question? Anybody? Um, so this is Dana again, and um, I guess my main thought is that um, moving forward with autism-specific therapies may be possible, but um, might be not in the best interest if the mental health of the child or you guys as a family is going down. And so taking care of that as like a first priority um, is really, really helpful for moving forward. Um, so thinking through, you know, how to manage that, it can look like, um, you know, planning out your day and taking a walk with your kid instead of trying to deal with, um, you know, really comprehensive therapies throughout the day and spending time making connections with each other instead of trying to manage exactly the behaviors that you're trying to promote or reduce. Um, so that would be kind of my first thought about it. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you're talking a little bit about self-care for your child as well, um, whereas self-care for ourselves is also important. Um, one of the questions that we had actually also is, how do I teach self-care to my child? So it sounds like you have some really good tips there. Um, does anybody else have any other um, 
a response to the question or any other self-care tips for, for children? I think something that comes to mind for me is it goes with kind of what Dana was saying and, and weighing what's going to be the most supportive in that day for you and for your child. And I just, I always go back to modeling and how the greatest tool we have for teaching kids is what we do. You know, there's what we say and there's what we do. So even just taking the time you know, to say today does not feel like the day that therapy is going to be the most supportive today. Like Dana said, today, a walk is maybe going to be the most, most supportive mm -hmm. therapeutically and self-care wise for the whole family. I think sometimes it's so easy to get caught up in the shoulds, like I should have done this, or I, this was the plan. And so we should stick with it. But what's the benefit to that if everybody's completely frazzled and falling apart and mm -hmm. struggling? So I just think, um trusting that instinct <laughs> and you parents do so much with that that you can trust yourselves you know you can trust yourself to know what's best and what's most supportive for you in that moment and in that day mm -hmm. great tips I, I totally agree. And I, I used to be a reading teacher. That's how I started off my career. And so when I would read books to kids, I would do what I call the think aloud. And so I was sort of going through my cognitive process of reading a book. What's going to happen next? Oh, how does this connect? How do I connect this to learning? And I sort of have the same idea with how to, like Lisa was talking about, how to model that to our kids. And so it's, 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 it's doing that think aloud, that cognitive processing that we do as adults, but it's with self-care or calming, right? Or when things are bothering us. So you can do that with emotional processing, you know, like, oh, I'm feeling very overwhelmed right now. I can tell because my face is hot. My stomach is kind of hurting, whatever it is for you. And you're sort of think you're sort of doing a talk aloud, right? With that process. And so you're just sort of bringing emotions and then, okay, what can I do to help calm myself? All right. I could do a walk. I could take some breaths. I could make myself some tea, whatever it is. I could watch a funny video. Um, on YouTube. And, and so you sort of walk, you think aloud and you walk them through that process of one identifying their emotions and then what they can do to help themselves. And I think that's, you know, Dina and, Dana and Lisa were both talking about, you know, sort of the best time to, to hit these therapies, right. They hit them hard and, and to get that new learning. And we know that we don't learn when, when our, our, our out of whack or we're feeling anxious or, uh, nervous or depressed or whatever it is that all of us have been feeling right and I, I just want to say like this is what families are experiencing and so it's very valid um as, as far as the the first question was such a good one is how do we prioritize and so it's how do we it, how do we shift that goal in our head and it's okay if we work on a different goal that day maybe that goal then becomes like Dana said connection maybe that goal that that day how to work on a new coping skill or how to practice that coping skill that we've learned instead of maybe like some of the more uh, sort of autism based therapies, but mm -hmm. those really, really important skills. And just thinking about like, those are important too, right? It's not just about, you know, the kid learning more language, which of course is a very important goal, but also how do they learn maybe new emotion words or new, learn new ways to sort of, um, you know, mental health related things. It's really incorporating that. Great, thank you so much for your responses. Um, I'm wondering, um, one of the questions that we have here is, these days it's hard to get a solid routine because things are always changing. We set a schedule and we find out last minute that there is a change. 
This is so hard for us. How do we create structure and set new routines when we don't know what to expect because of COVID? So I'm, um, you know, we're talking a little bit about um, self-care and we're talking about um, routines and things like that um, that can be helpful. But when we're talking about, you know, something that can be thrown in last minute that can kind of throw you off, how do we deal with that as well? So I really liked Anne's discussion around um, having like external conversations about what's going on internally um, because like we're, it, it's in a teaching moment, but we're looking at, so I'm having to deal with this change today. I have, you know, a lot of thoughts and feelings about that. And maybe one of those words is, frustration because my day has just been changed amazingly and kind of talking through those things. Modeling is also really, really helpful for the child to understand that, yes, indeed, this change is going to happen. I think the other side of it or the sort of preceding thing that can be really helpful is to, um, provide like a little preparation for sometimes our days don't go as we planned. And, um, you know, like I, I talk to families a lot about routines and building those routines and um, helping their children feel comfortable and confident in what's going to happen next. But um, part of that is recognizing my day sometimes is definitely going to change. Um, so some families might come up with a little, um, a little thing in their day that goes like a big, like a little question mark that gives a visual cue for, okay, something's going to happen different today. What's the different thing? Um, and I know like Lisa and Anne will probably come up with other things that they come up, that they might talk to families about that would enhance this, but a lot of our days, these days are changing because of COVID. And it's totally valid that you're having like the frustration of how do I make my child's day better by consistency or, you know, through having consistency. And also there's no consistency right now. So I guess what I'm saying is like, you can try and help them prepare for that inconsistency and try and help walk them through the process for how that feels and how they can adapt. I love that, Dana. It's, it's I mean, that, that wisdom of the only constant being change and the only thing consistent through this pandemic has been inconsistency. It's so funny that you brought up the visual of the, um, the question mark, because that is that's one of the things that came to mind when I was thinking through these questions. I was like, "How do you plan for that? How, if I were a parent, what would I even do?" You know, and I was thinking, "How cool that would be!" And I'm wondering how kids would respond to that. I'm sure everybody responds differently, but um, how kids would respond to the image of a question mark? Like, "Oh my goodness." what's this going to be? It's going to be a surprise and it's going to be a change and it's going to be an adventure. And then the other thing, just knowing personally how poorly I deal with change <laughs> to my routine or unexpected things that come up. 
having I, the th other thing that I thought about is having like comfort items and snacks that will help soothe or, you know, things that you know will provide consistency and predictability and um, comfort for your child and for yourself in those moments where it's like, well, we thought we were going to go to this place, but now in place of the, the church building on the schedule, it's a question mark. Um, so yeah, and I know parents have incredible resilience and, and creative ideas for how to deal with all these changes. Um, but those, those are some of the things that came to mind for me too. And I really do also appreciate the, the, um, the tip that Anne went over earlier about, you know, talking aloud talking aloud about what's going on internally and, and how the pl plans have changed and how that just kind of gives everybody a sense of what's happening as well as a, a tool for navigating that themselves. And so my internet just went down, so I may have missed some. So if I repeat some of what Dana and Lisa said, I'm sorry. Um, uh, so I think one of the things, I think they were headed in the same direction I was, but um, I have seen um, families or teachers where they sort of build in flexibility into visual schedules. Um, and so they can like, um, you know, they'll put like a star on the visual schedule. And that means something's going to change or something sort of unexpected is coming that day. And so if something pops up and it may be something that they have, like they know what's the, you know, maybe that grandpa's going to come over for the, for the day, or uh, maybe mom needs to run and leave the kids at home or whatever it is. Um, and so then they can use that, you know, like we know this is something that's a change coming up. And so they talk about it before. What, how do we deal with change? What does that feel like for us? How can we cope with that? And then sort of, you know, a, a, like a, a benefit, right, for getting through that and, and, and encouragement. Um, or they can use that star that even if they don't know something's coming that day, it's like, oh, it's a star time, right? Um, and, and so sort of building that skill of flexibility. We all, we all could use more flexibility, right? It's not a skill that just uh, kids with autism need to learn. We all can. And so sort of treating it like a muscle and something we as a family can do better at, right? And I think one of the things with COVID is we've all had to learn how to be more flexible, right? And sort of, again, turning that narrative to look at, let's think back, back to the last two years and how much flexibility we had to have. Let's think about ways that you've learned how to be flexible and sort of reflecting on all of that that we've learned and we've overcome and, and all of that flexibility muscle and how much is so much bigger than two years ago and sort of celebrating that, right? Um, and I would say like with my little star idea, you know, where you put, you can be whatever it is. Um, you know, you do that on days that it's a good day, right? Your kid wakes up in a good mood. Everything else is going okay. You're not learning, needing, you know, to learn really big new skills that day or whatever, right? You sort of pick and choose those days to set that kid up for success. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I really like something that Lisa brought up, which was kind of the the self care piece and all of this for for our parents out there, and also um, talking about planning for the unexpected. Um, I think is so so important, and I think that kind of leads into our next question here, um, which is, I am tired and feeling a lot of stress. Since COVID, I've had to become my child's teacher, therapist, friend, and parent, and I have my own job as well. I feel so guilty when I can't do it all. How do I do everything? Who would like to tackle this question first? <laughs> it's definitely, um, I think a lot to, to process with that one. 
I can take a stab at it. I just have to, to preface by saying I have no, absolutely no lived experience <laughs> with this and having to, to juggle all of this for your child. I've, I've watched in awe as colleagues and family members have done this. And I just think it's, it's incredible, an incredible amount of stress and pressure and an incredible amount of, I don't know, resiliency and um, just coping that goes into it. Mm -hmm. I think, um, I think there, I mean, this kind of reminds me of our first question and just going back to you, there are going to be days where you can't do it all and just making peace with that and being okay with that and make, and finding a way to just always know that you're doing absolutely your best with what you have. I think one of the things that's so amazing and powerful about this group is that you're already managing to do that through other people. I mean, just the fact that you have this group to rely on and to turn to and to talk to, we know that one of the most helpful things is turning to others who have walked this road or walked the road that you're, you're walking. And so nobody can understand it in the detail and the depth that this, this community can. Um, so I think relying on the people around you and remembering that that is a, a huge tool and a huge strength in your community and then just giving yourself and your child as much grace as possible every single day with every single task or change or feeling of I'm not doing enough or I'm not doing it right. I guess the other thing that comes to mind for me is that um, every time that you're prioritizing one thing over another, it's not because you're saying that that other thing isn't important, but it, you're saying that this thing is the thing that we're going to focus on right now. And um, your child and your family as a group will appreciate the fact that you're focusing in on something that's important you, um, you're not going to be able to do everything. I hear from families like this all the time during this whole two years, it's been kind of a grand experiment in how many roles or how many hats can one person hold and, you know, be dealing with, and that's way too much for any one person to deal with. And so I definitely echo Lisa's comment that, you know, I'm amazed by what people are able and capable to do, but also just remembering the grace and gentleness is most important in your life. You, as a whole person, are bringing children, you know, joy and happiness and learning and comfort as they grow up. And there's nothing to be discounted just because today you couldn't do all five of the things that you hoped to do. You are amazing in what you're doing. So just kind of keep a hold of that as you're um, working towards your own process and your family's process. So that'd be my main thought. I echo what Lisa and Dana say. I think those are really, really great points. Um, I think, you know, this, it might be a good opportunity to like model 
what you do when you blow it, right? If you have a stressed out day and things don't go as planned or you didn't get what you wanted done that day or whatever, right? We all have moments like that, especially in the last couple of years, more and more so. And so you can teach your kids, you can be a model for your kids of like, you know what, yesterday, it was, this is what was going on. This is what happened. And I'm sorry. And this is what I'm going to try to do differently today. Right. Um, and I think that's a, that's a powerful message for all of us, right. Um, not just kids and, and what to do when we are stressed and overwhelmed and it's too much to take. And then what do we do the next day? Right. And how do we sort of, um, repair that, maybe that relationship, sort of the crack in the relationship. If it, you know, if the kid, if your child kind of felt that, right. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so, and I, I say also, again, like we were talking about before, think back over, like, it's amazing what you've done in the last couple of years and all the roles you've had, and you're still putting one step in front of the other, and just really reflect on that and be proud of yourself, right, for for what you've done, and, and if somebody would have told you in February of 2020 what March 2022 was going to look like, you, I mean, you wouldn't have had no, you would have no idea what happened, and so just thinking about your accomplishments, and it hasn't been perfect, and it has been a hard road, um, but you really, you know, there's been some some good things that have happened and the things you've learned and time with your family and those kinds of things, right? Whatever it looks like for your family. Seems like there's some really um, great themes kind of emerging from this conversation. And I think one of them is definitely support and finding that support from our networks and our communities. Um, certainly focusing on what's in front of you. Um, I think is also another thing that I'm seeing, um, you know, one thing isn't necessarily more important than the other, but, you know, we have to focus on what's in front of us, you know, in the time being. Um, modeling is another um, thing that I'm seeing um, kind of coming out of this um, conversation. And then um, reflection, you know, just, just um, remembering, you know, that we're, we're doing the best that we can. And, um, you know, that's, what's important. Um, so thank you so much. And I think this is a great segue into our um, last question that we have from the community, which is, um, I think it, it, it kind of ties in everything that we've been talking about a little bit. Um, and that is, how do you manage self-care with balancing a child with special needs and family? So um, who would like to to start us off with that question. I, I, this is not my idea. I heard this somewhere and I thought it was such a good idea is thinking about self-care and not adding something to your plate, right? It's not something that you do or something you have to add on in this already busy schedule and too much, right? We've talked about how, uh, how um, overwhelmed families feel in general. And so thinking about what fills your cup is it, is it laughing? Is it time alone? Is it, you know, um, cooking a meal? Is it going for a walk? Whatever it is, right? Really sort of understanding what works for you and then seeing how you can sprinkle that in there. And so things like, um, think about things you have to do, right? Like you have to take a shower every once in a while. And so how does that become sort of self-care meditative, right? Like, do you put on your favorite song and you listen to that on repeat? Do you put, do a meditation, right? You know, maybe you don't have time to do like meditation or prayer, but you put that with something that's already happening, right? Um, some people do that with cooking, right? Like they really sort of want to be present. They're really thinking about that because they have to cook. And so they're thinking about that and being grateful for, you know, having the food for their family, that kind of thing. And so it's not an add on another thing to add to your, your schedule that day. 
Um, and I, I think that I've, uh, you know, I've done some of that and sort of practicing and it's been helpful for me or driving in the car. Right. Um, and then, um, how to, how to like, you know, incorporate that in a family time. Maybe you turn up the music and you guys have a dance party. Right. Um, and that's your exercise for the day. If it's snowy or cold and you can't go outside, maybe not in Demi, maybe if it's too hot, um, you, you stay inside and have a dance party inside. Um, and I think too, another thing about self-care is we can't like self-care out our way out of systems that are broken, right? Or like, are not good for us or for our kids. And, and so I think that's part of it is like taking the responsibility for your own self-care and what you can do sort of in your own life. And then some of that stuff that you can't change or you can't change right now, right? In this instant and sort of recognizing that and sort of how do you keep your balance in the midst of you advocating for things for your children or for your family? Thank you so much, Lisa. I love that. And I just love the, the idea of, of making sure you know what works for you and, and figuring out how you sprinkle it in during the day and how it can work with work for your family. I love the idea of, you know, a dance party in the car. When you said that, I was thinking about how singing, even if I don't sing well, it helps me because it helps me exhale. <laughs> Sometimes the stress can come from like inhaling and inhaling and inhaling, forgetting to breathe. And so when you said having a dance party, turning up the music, having, you know, a, a time where everybody's just singing in the car, just knowing what works for you, what works for your family, what brings you joy, what helps you um, recenter and remember to breathe and remember to just talk yourself through it. So lots of good ideas in there, Anne. So the thing that I, um little bit of an ad, but um, I usually think about what things do I delight in? Um, and like, sometimes it's very simple and it's like singing along while I'm doing an administrative task at work that really helps me. And it's not adding a lot, but it, I, I mean, I hope it doesn't bother people in the building, but whatever, <laughs> I hope they live through it. <laughs> But also like um, just taking a moment and delighting in the things that you see every day that cause you joy. So even if it's, you know, your kid doing that one small thing that just like makes your, the corner of your mouth tip up and a little bit of a smile, really focusing on that as part of your day is no end of helpful i think for a lot of people so it's it's like about the finding your delight finding your the things that make you have your cup fill up like ann was saying i always find those to be um, really helpful ways to just take something that's already probably there and use it in your own brain to give yourself a boost for what you need for the day. Thank you, Dana. That reminds me of, of one more thing that I was thinking about is, is really this idea of enjoying time with your children, like enjoying play, right? You can get so wrapped up in this therapy and this therapy, or we need this skill and just 
playing with your child, getting down on the floor, you know, going with the flow, whatever they want to do, right? You just enjoy the time with them because kids are sort of made for delight, right? Like they like, they like what they like and they like to, um, you know, giggle and play and have fun. And so being able to just join them in that and be there in the moment is just kind of a fun way as a family, maybe just to work that in um, and, and just enjoy that time with them. You know, think about when's the last time you just like cackle laughed or just giggled right like and what was that and how do you do that again I love that and the other thing that came to mind as you were saying that is is remembering to ask for help I mean and knowing the people that in your community that you can call on to give you a 10 minute break or you know can go and get a cup of coffee or take a walk with knowing your community and knowing the people who can can listen and support you um, I think this is a huge part, knowing your community. That's a great tip, Lisa, and just, you know, remembering um, the supports that we have and, and not being afraid to access those, I think, is, is super important. Um, and then it sounds like some of it is just going back to the basics and remembering to, you know, enjoy those little moments that we have throughout the day. Um, but I'm just, thank you. Thank, thankful so much for this conversation and just remembering to helping me even to remember just to balance and um, do my best to to remember um, you know the the community that I have and um, the the community that we have and um, this has been a really really great conversation I appreciate it and um, I just wanted to remind those that are listening in that um, if you do have any questions, um, we have um, Jamie and Nicole in the chat and they have put their emails, um, their email contact information in there. So if you have any questions, feel free to email them and they will get back to you um, as soon as they can with that. And um, I think with that, you know, we're, we're ready to wrap up here. And um, I just want to thank all of our speakers, our panelists for joining us today. This has been a really, really great conversation. And I think so important and needed for so many families out there. So thank you so much. And then um, we will let you know about our next uh, Autism Outlet, uh, Atlas um, recording. And um, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it.